How many are glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Yeah, it's a beautiful day outside. I was telling Brother Adrian and Hector, it's like it's a good day for a barbecue, right? It's just one of those. Uh, so if you're having one, invite us, please. Amen. So while you're standing, would you go with me to the book of Isaiah? The book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 55 in the Old Testament. Isaiah 55 in the Old Testament. We're going to be reading a few verses there in and uh, it was, uh, I found out afterwards last week that uh, Amarisa and Brother Manny were actually here. And I didn't see them because I don't have my glasses, which I should be. And I still don't uh, have them on. But they were actually here. And I was saying, if you're watching online, God bless you. We love you. And they were actually over here. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if they are here today. I, I still can't see. But, we're, you know. <laughs> and then, uh, so that was last week. You know, we, we congratulated them on, on their newborn they just arrived, and then Carla and Luis were sitting over there last week, and so now they're actually holding their newborn this morning, so it's a beautiful thing. So no pressure, but who's next? Who's, who's, who's ha- what's happening this week? Keep, keep, the, keep the, uh, the streak going. There you go, the, the mo- momentum or moment going. Let's keep the streak going. So Isaiah chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. It reads like this, Seek the Lord while you can find him. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. That is beautiful. For, for he will forgive generously. And in the verse that we all know, my thoughts are, not, are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to be here in your house. We thank you, Lord, for this space, God, that you've given us, Lord, to, to share your word this morning. I pray that you would be with us. Lord, speak through us that our hearts would be uh, receptive, Lord, to hear what you have to say this morning to us. We thank you for all that you're doing. We pray for our pastors, Lord, that are with the Rush family, God, that you would comfort them, that you would be with them, Lord, that you would console them, Lord, as only you know how. We pray for a, a safe return, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. I got a message that I want to share with you all. And so we're going to jump right into this message. So during World War II, a U.S. Marine was separated from his unit on a Pacific island. The fighting had been intense, and in the smoke and the crossfire, he had lost touch with his comrades. So alone in the jungle, he could, he could hear enemies, enemy soldiers coming in his direction, but scrambling for cover, he found his way up a high ridge to several small caves in the rocks. And quickly he crawled in, in, inside of one of those caves. And although safe for the moment, he realized that once the enemy soldiers came looking for him, bless you, and swept up the ridge, they would quickly search all the caves and he would be killed. As he waited, he prayed, Lord, if it be your will, please protect me. Whatever your will, though, I love you and trust you. Amen. And as he waited, he prayed, and after praying, he lay, he quietly lis- as he lay quietly listening to the enemy, began to draw close. He thought, well, I guess the Lord isn't going to help me out on this one. And then he saw a spider begin to build a web over the front of his cave. 
as he watched, listening to the enemy searching for him, all the while the spider layered strands of web across the opening of the cave. Ah, he thought, what I need is a brick wall, and what the Lord has sent me is a spider web. And God does have a sense of humor. And so as the enemy grew closer, he watched from the darkness of his hideout and could see them searching one cave after another. As they came to his, he got ready to make one last stand. To his amazement, however, after glancing in the direction of his cave, they moved on. Suddenly he realized that with the spider web over the entrance, his cave looked as if no one had entered it in quite a while. He said, Lord, forgive me, prayed the young man. I had forgotten that in you, a spider web, a spider's web is stronger than a brick wall. See, if God can use a spider and a spider web to save a man's life, what can he do with a person like you and me who are totally committed to him? This man experienced vivid evidence that God not only heard his prayer, but he actually acted in his favor. So in this inconsistent world, we seek consistency, amen? Stability in this unstable world. We seek peace in this war-hungry world. We seek bright futures. But in order to find those things and live with those things, we must walk not in our own ways, but in his ways. When we chose to live for Christ, we essentially surrendered ourselves completely to him. His will became our will. His ways became our ways. His words became our words. That, that was the idea of when, when we surrender our lives to him. So one of the things that we as believers have on our side is that we have seen God come through for us so many times. Can I get a witness in the house? God has come uh, through, us, through for us so many times. We can, we can be going through a dark valley or a dark season in our life. And even when, when we might even feel like God has forgotten about us and we feel like God doesn't love us and he's actually against us, there's just too much evidence that God is not against you, but he's actually still for you. See, so when you hire a lawyer, hopefully you never have to, but when you hire a lawyer, you look at their history, Right? How long have they been in business? How many cases have they actually won? What's the experience? You look at their history. Their history will be the evidence. Their history will be their evidence. You need to make the decision whether you would choose the, this lawyer or that lawyer. So my subject with you all this morning is check the evidence. Check the evidence. Check the evidence. When you buy something expensive... Now, I know I'm talking to everybody here. When you buy something expensive, you look, you look to get it from a reliable store, uh, right? Because, because of the warranty. You want a reputable uh, store. You want something that will be there in case something doesn't function like it's supposed to. Not like companies that pop out of nowhere, right? Especially during the holidays, they come out of nowhere. They take your money and then they disappear and you're... Uh, and your product doesn't work anymore. You can't find them anymore. And so more than likely, you're going to buy something, especially if it's expensive. You're going to buy it from a reliable source. They have this thing called warranty, right? And most products come with a manufacturer's warranty. But then the stores themselves offer you a warranty in, in their stores. It'll cost you, but it'll cover you. It'll cost you but it'll cover you. And I found myself thinking, do we really value God? Like, have we fallen in love more with his promises 
right? Instead of the person of Jesus Christ. But, but if we want the promises, it's going to cost us. His love is unconditional. His promises are conditional. His love is unconditional, but his promises are conditional. It'll cost us to pick up the cross daily, not every other week, not just on Sundays, but it says, pick up your cross daily and follow me. It, it'll cost us to be obedient even when it doesn't make sense. It'll cost us, but it'll cover us. It'll cost you, but it will cover you. It will cost us our life, what we want and desire, but a as a result of that, we'll be covered by him. We'll have the blessed assurance that when that day comes, your name will be in the Lamb's book of life. And we can take an overview of scripture and we quickly see that God used some strange people. Some strange people. The people that you wouldn't expect to be used, those are the people that God ended up using. So Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 29. It reads like this. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were, were wise. A few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise, and he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. And I, I find myself worthy of being foolish. But I thank God that he chose me, and I know that you are glad that he chose you. And so you can go through scriptures, and you'll quickly see how God worked in ways that didn't make sense. That he empowered people that had issues, weaknesses, fear in their lives to do some incredible things that actually left an impact so much that 2,023 years later, we're still talking about them and extracting truths and practical points and life lessons to apply in our daily lives. So John Mark was rejected by Paul. Jacob was a liar. Solomon was too rich if there is such a thing. Jesus was too poor. Abraham was too old. David was too young. Peter was afraid of death. Lazarus was dead. John was self-righteous. Naomi was a widow. Paul was a murderer. So was Moses. Jonah ran from God. Miriam was a gossiper. Gideon and Thomas both doubted. Jeremiah was depressed and suicidal. Elijah burnt out. Mary was lazy. Samson had long hair. Noah got drunk. And did I mention that Moses had a short fuse? So did Peter and Paul and, well, lots of us here this morning, too. <laughs> But God doesn't require perfection. And even when things don't make sense and you can't put a reason or logic behind it, it doesn't mean that God is not involved. So point number one this morning, just because it doesn't make sense to us doesn't mean God isn't for us. We think of the story of Job. We know his story from beginning to end, but we missed the whole process in between. And Job really had some interesting conversations with God. Imagine the pain he's going through, if you know the story, physically, even emotionally, and his quote-unquote friends come, and instead of encouraging him, they tell him, you must have sinned against God, and that's why bad things are happening to you. And not to mention the advice that his wife gives him. This man is a man in distress. He's confused. All at the same time, all at the same time, he's sick, and he's weary, and in his frustration, he begins to question God. 
And I can understand Job's frustration. These are the words God tells Satan concerning Job. These are the words in Job chapter 1, verse 8. Then the Lord asks Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. God essentially just recommended Job to Satan. (laughs) And when was the last time we walked in such integrity and pureness that God recommended us, gave a recommendation letter to Satan, hey, check check out my boy. He's righteous. He's pure hearted. And I can see where Job gets his frustration. It doesn't make sense. Like, what do you mean, God, I'm doing right. Don't, 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 don't let evil come upon me. Like, keep me safe, right? Put a hedge around me. And instead, God's like, hey, you've touched these many, but what, what about Job? Job, he, he won't deny me. He won't leave me. Uh, and, I mean, we know the rest of the story. And so Job begins to question God. He, and he demands that God answer him. And God sits back and lets Job vent it all out. And when he is done, God says, are you done? Are you done? It's my turn now. And then God begins to question Job. And he says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the world? When I stretched out the skies like a canopy? Where were you when I told the waters you can only go this far? Where were you when I told the seeds to bring forth this fruit? Where were you? See, the reality is we have so many questions for God, and at times we almost demand answers quickly. Amen. But what if God has questions for us? Have we ever thought about that? We get frustrated when, when God is taking too long in answering our prayers, when, when God doesn't seem to come through for us. Why don't you answer me? Did you forget about me? Did you get the wrong address? I'm still here, Lord waiting on an answer. But what about when God has questions for us? Questions like, I thought you said you weren't gonna gonna do that anymore, so why are you doing those things again? I thought you said you loved me, that you were going to surrender your life to me, so why are you making those types of decisions again? Weren't you here last week saying, God, I wanna change, I want a better life, I promise you I'm going to do my best to be faithful. I thought you said yes to me. And we don't have answers to his questions, do we? And Job responds, I love this, I have spoken once, I will speak no more. (laughs) And it doesn't make sense, Lord. When God doesn't make sense, seek his presence anyways. When God doesn't make sense in your life, seek his presence anyways. Because in his presence, you'll find the evidence that he has been there all along with you check the evidence check the evidence some of our most heartfelt genuine worship has come in the midst of pain you can look back and recall certain valley moments in your life and you look at the type of worship you were giving God at that moment in the midst of pain your worship was intense you meant every word that you were singing you were saying I really do believe that you're my healer Or it's me, oh Lord, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Or or, you saw the best in me when they saw the worst in me. I'm going to wait on you, Lord. Jaira, you are Jaira, you are more than enough. Or I know that you are for me. 
I know that you will never forsake me in my weakness. Our worship was on another level. Your worship was on another level. When God doesn't make sense, seek his presence anyways, because in his presence you'll find, you'll find the evidence. Because there are, there are some things about God that you can always count on no matter your circumstance. All you have to do is check the evidence. Check the evidence. And the evidence this morning says he is unchangeable. He is unchangeable. I'm so grateful that he is unchangeable. We live in a forever changing world that although change is a good thing, there can also be a negative aspect of change, especially when it comes to people. Amen, somebody. One day they are for you and the next they are against you. One day they're your friend, the next day they unfriend you. One day they love you, the other day they hate you. Or what about people that have multiple personalities and depending how their day is going, they're no means yes and their yes means no or they're always changing their mind like they can't make a solid decision have you ever met someone that is always changing their mind they can never stick to a decision but I thank God that he is unchangeable meaning no matter the circumstances the conflicts the challenges even the chaos he remains the same in other words his character isn't dependent on your circumstances his character, who he is, isn't dependent on your circumstances. It can be the darkest hour or the brightest hour, he is still God. <laughs> Whether you, we are on his side or against him, he is still God. See, there's too much evidence in my life and your life to think that God won't come through for you again. I just stopped by to encourage someone this morning. You look at his record and you look behind it and you see all the stuff you've endured and you know that there's no way you would have made it this far by yourself without him. The fact that the word eternal is used to describe God is a clear indication that he is unchangeable. He's not going anywhere. If something is eternal, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. It is something that you and I can count on. It means that his mercy will always be there. It means that his grace will always be there. It means that his love will always be there. It means that his outstretched arm will always be there. It means that he is unchangeable. Heaven and earth will pass away, the scripture says, but his word will remain. And when everything seems to be changing in your life, you can always rest assured knowing that God is still who he says he is. He is consistent with his character. His promises are yes and amen. And the evidence this morning also says he is unfailing. He's unchangeable and he's unfailing. And if you've never made a mistake in your life or you have never made a bad decision in your life, then, then you might not value this one as much as, uh, uh, as, much as uh, those of us that have made a mistake or two or a bad decision or two. And we know the value of this one because in spite of our failures, he won't fail us. In fact, he's there even when we don't want him to be there. I think about the miracles that are recorded in the Gospels. Some of them, Jesus went to, but most of them, they came to him and ran into him. A woman is about to die of hemorrhage, and Jesus just so happens to be there? Really? 
The, one, the man we talked about last week, a man with leprosy, and Jesus just so happens to be there. A blind man, the one blind man, and Jesus just so happens to be there. Blind Bartimaeus, and Jesus just so happens to be there. A woman who's about to be stoned to death, and Jesus just so happens to be there. There's a multitude, and they're hungry, and they're getting hangry, and Jesus just so happens to be there. A demonic man who maybe is about to kill himself that night, and Jesus... Just so happens to be there by coincidence, by happenstance, or what about you? You're about to overdose and Jesus just so happened to enter the room. What about you when you were about to walk out on everything you worked so hard for and Jesus entered your car? <laughs> just when you were about to call it quit and Jesus enters your life. Or when you were about to end your life and Jesus steps in with authority. And God just so happens to show up by coincidence, by happenstance? No. It's because he's unfailing. He's unfailing. He's unfailing in all of his ways so much that even when we fail him, he says, there's still room at my table for you if you want it. And we say, but God, but God you don't understand what I did. And God says, there's room at my table for you if you want it. No, 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 God. It's because I lost my mind and I did the unthinkable. And yet he still says, there's room at my table for you if you want it. See, I love the fact that David says, you prepare a banquet table in the middle of my enemies. Because the more I thought about it, the more it hit me. This is what the verse is telling me. You mean I don't have to have it all together for you to love me? You mean I don't have to be perfect? You mean even in my broken state, you still love me? You mean you'll come right here where I'm at to ask me to sit at your table? You mean you'll leave your throne and step into this corrupted world to restore me, to restore us back to you? You mean you'll come into my dysfunctional and distorted life to show me your love? And he says, there's still room for you at my table if you want it. He's unfailing in all of his ways. He'll show up just on time. And the evidence this morning says he is unstoppable. He's unchangeable, he's un unfailing, and he is unstoppable. There's nothing you and I can do to contain him. Pilate couldn't stop him. Re religious people couldn't stop him. Chains couldn't hold him. Tomb couldn't contain him. Death couldn't keep him. He is unstoppable. So whether we choose to be on his side or against him, he is unstoppable. <laughs> Satan can't stop him, no snowstorm can stop him, hurricane or rain, drought or even this Texas heat can't stop him. <laughs> Not even a denomination can stop him. Sometimes we think that if we don't say yes to God, then God is stuck in a dilemma. <laughs> because there's no one else as qualified and anointed as you, and therefore the, the mission will come to a complete stop. Oh, no, 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 no. Just because people don't meet your qualifications and your requirements doesn't mean God can't and won't use them to bring glory to his name. In fact, I think about Hebrews 11. We know it, the, the hall of faith, all of their lives. You think your life is jacked up? Read 
Hebrews chapter 11, the people in the hall of faith, their lives were jacked up. They were some sinful folk. I know you're right there, but just read Hebrews 11. Look them up if you have time. Yet, by the mercies of God, they became useful vessels in his hands. Because God is unstoppable, he'll always find a way. He's never stuck in a dilemma. He doesn't need a plan B because his word will not return void. He is unstoppable. He is unstoppable. And the evidence this morning says he is unorthodox. He is unorthodox, meaning we can't contain him and put him in a box. We can't even enclose him. He is an unconventional God in a conventional world. He is an unconventional God in a conventional world. That's why they were against him so much in his time. He did just the opposite of what they thought was right. What? Jesus, you're healing on a Sabbath? You're healing on a Saturday? You're walking more than what you're allowed to on a Saturday as a Jewish person? Jesus is sitting with sinners? He did the most unorthodox things. And when we think we have him figured out... Guess again. <laughs> Guess again. Remember what he told Jeremiah, your ways are not my ways and your thoughts are not my thoughts. See, when Jesus healed and manifested miracles, they were always done differently. I don't recall him doing the same thing twice. I mean, the blind man that was born that way and blind Bartimaeus, they were both blind. But with one, he simply asked, do you want to be made whole? And the other one, he spits in the mud. Right, our Bible college pastor would say like this, when you can't trace, trust. When you can't trace, trust. He is an unorthodox and he cannot be restricted. The evidence says he's unchangeable, he's unfailing, he's unstoppable, and he's unorthodox. Check the evidence. Check the evidence. As I come to a close this morning, that's what we find in this book, the Bible. We find evidence. Evidence that when we walk in his ways, we can walk in victory. I'm say that again because we missed it. Evidence that when we walk in his ways, we can walk in victory. And you know how we'll be able to bring people in the kingdom? By evidence. We can talk about the glory and healing and restoration all we want. But when you show them, it's hard to deny when they've experienced it for themselves. That was one of the major keys for the early church in Acts. Their revelation of Jesus was connected to a demonstration. And people were converted because of the experience they encountered. The most common phrase for us to say is Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And it's true. But let's flip that around. Do you love the people that Jesus loves? Because God loving the people isn't in question. The question is, do you love the people God loves? Well, I don't know. I got to think about that one. Lord, I got to pray about that one. Jesus loves you. <laughs> Their revelation of Jesus was connected to a demonstration, and people were converted because of the experience they encountered. God doesn't require of us to agree with him. God doesn't require of us to agree with him. He does say, if two of you, a two of you can agree on a thing, 
it shall be given to you by my Father in heaven. Even God knew it would be difficult for two people to come in agreement. I'll prove it to you. How long will you spend after service deciding where to eat? 30 minutes, and then you're just mad. So might as well go home and warm up whatever is in the fridge. We can't even come to an agreement on where we want to eat. So <laughs> it is now a therapy session. <laughs> God doesn't require of us to agree with him. He does say if two of you can agree on a thing on earth, it shall be given to you by my Father in heaven. He knew it's difficult for two people to come in agreement. But if they can achieve that, they will receive their reward. He doesn't say, he doesn't say agree with me because that's not going to happen. But he does say, trust me. When it doesn't make sense, can you still trust me? When life seems to be going backwards, can you still trust me? When frustration is a daily companion in your life, can you trust me? When the nights get darker and the days get colder, can you still trust him? When your heart is broken, can you still trust him? When I take away the very thing you, you love the most, can you still trust him? When it doesn't make sense, can you trust him? Can you trust him? Trust the Lord in all his ways. When God doesn't make sense, seek his presence anyways, because in his presence, you'll find the evidence you need. Check history. Check the history. Check the history. Check the his story is the evidence you need. His story is the evidence you need. He's unchangeable. He's unfailing, he's unstoppable, and he's unorthodox. Seek the Lord, Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him while he is near. It, it's letting us know there's going to be a time where we won't be able to find him, won't, where he won't be near. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. I love this. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. See, your journey in life has maybe hasn't been easy. And maybe you've had your share of setbacks and doubts and, and like Job, frustration. And maybe you even questioned God. Maybe you even lifted up a fist to heaven. But check the evidence in your life. And when we do, we'll quickly realize that somehow, some way, God has been the one moving the pieces of our life for our good. So let me say this, you being here you being alive, you serving the Lord is evidence that God is for you. And when you thought the enemy had you cornered, God used a spider with a spider web to rescue you. Paul, who used to be Saul, who tortured Christians, Saul, who is now Paul, says this, from now on, in Galatians 6, 17. Ah, 
from now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things. For I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. From now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things. For I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. His body was full of evidence. And our lives and your lives are full of evidence that we belong to Jesus too and that God is for us. So don't ever think for a moment that you're facing life alone because you're not. He is Emmanuel, God with you, God with us, God with me. He's unchangeable, he's unfailing, he's unstoppable, he's unorthodox. Sometimes we just have to stop and just check the evidence in our own lives. And some of us, we have physical scars. Some of us have emotional scars. Some of us even spiritual scars. But sometimes we got to stop and look at the scars and say, don't bother me with the little things because my body shows that I belong to Jesus. Because what could have taken me out didn't take me out. And now I carry it as a scar that tells a story my Savior saved me. He's unchangeable. He's unfailing. He's unstoppable. He's unorthodox. Check the evidence. Check the evidence.